0: It's Friday night, and here on Three Valleys Radio, it's time for the racing show. If you're into racing, then this is the programme for you. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top jockeys. Trainers So make sure you make a note Friday nights, the racing show on Three Valleys Radio And on the show tonight Trainer from Columpton Rod Millman We're also joined by Jamie Snowden from Lambourne, of course, Simon Holt, the uh, Sporting Life correspondent and race commentator, Colin Brown, the Cheeky Chappy, and Jockey Nick Schofield. So, as usual, let's get started with all the news from the racing media with Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome to the news from the
1: racing media which includes Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. Here's our first story of the today. The Holden Cup is to be moved from its traditional Tuesday slot to a Friday from 2022 with officials at Exeter hopeful the switch will secure terrestrial TV coverage for its flagship race. The decision has been praised by champion trainer Paul Nichols, who has won the race on seven occasions and used it as a launch pad for the careers of subsequent champion chase heroes, flagship Uberales and Politologue. The Grade 2 run over two miles, one and a half furlongs typically serves as a trial for the Grade 1 Betfair Tingle Creek chase at Sandown a month later. But the impressive roll of honour also includes three times Cheltenham Gold Cup winner Best Mate, while Adreden Blue and Q Card went on to win the King George VI chase after successes in Devon. In 2022 the race will be run on November the 4th and form a part of a blockbuster weekend in the West Country with Wincanton's popular Badger Beers chase the following day. Nichols, who saddled Greener team to win last season said It's a good race and one I always like to support. Having it the Friday before Wincanton means we'll have a fantastic two days down in the West Country. The Holden Gold Cup is a great race en route to going to other races. There's no negative in my knowledge. He added, Exeter is a top-class track, and you wouldn't be afraid to run any horse there. We ran the likes of Denman and Corto Star in novice chases down there. Away from major festivals, the Holden Gold Cup is one of the biggest midweek jumps races of the season, and Exeter was keen to keep that element as part of its heritage. The Devon track only featured on ITV for the first time last season, and the race course is in talks with the network regarding coverage going forward. It has not been confirmed yet, but the course is optimistic. Jack Parkinson, General Manager for Exeter and Wincanton, said, I felt the race deserves a bit more around it and more emphasis on it. There's no Saturday available, so I thought the next best thing would be a Friday. We've had conversations with ITV, they've got their broadcast schedule at the moment, but this is something we're trying to push as much as we can. At the moment, it's not on, but we'll keep having the conversations, and in an ideal world, we'd love it to be televised, and we're hopeful that will be the case. Also, he added, we'll look at bulking up the rest of the card, looking at prize money and the other races, and seeing if we can add to it as a day in the hole. A big Southwest Double Ticket is something being considered for twenty twenty two, as Parkinson added. I took over at Winganton as well in November, and this was something that completely made sense, and for all those keen race goers we'll try and see if we can do a double ticket. The Kenford Novices' Hurdle which preceded the Holden Cup last season would also be an intriguing addition to the ITV coverage having been won by Yanworth Dynamite Dollars and Brave Man's Game in recent years. Gold Cup hero Native River also won the Novice Chase on the card in 2015. And next up in the news, Harry Fry lauded for his preparation of champion hurdle hero Rockon Ruby and the fine start he made to his training career, insists it is now time to produce the goods once more after a year settling into his new base in Dorset. Fry, who opened his doors at Higher Crokermore to around two hundred owners and then more than three hundred members of the public for National Race Horse Week on Sunday, sprang to prominence when running a nearby satellite yard for Rock On Ruby's trainer Paul Nichols, from where that horse landed the 2012 Champion Hurdle. The 34-year-old was then granted a licence to train in his own right from there, and did not take long to make a name for himself, and he recorded his first Cheltenham Festival success when Stable Stalwart, you know what I mean, Harry, captured the Albert Bartler in 2016. Fry enjoyed his best campaign the following season when he saddled 67 winners and accrued £886,752 in prize money, while he gained a reputation as a shrewd operator blessed with an in-depth knowledge of the programme book. However, his tally of winners decreased to 30 and 31 in the last two seasons. Although the coronavirus pandemic and a move to a new yard offer alibis, not that its leader is prepared to make excuses... He said. We were building, moving, settling in against the backdrop of the pandemic, and everyone worked extremely hard. We learned an awful lot in those first twelve months at the yard, he said. It wasn't all plain sailing, but we feel we've a solid foundation to progress and build the numbers back up. We always strive to beat the previous season's tally, and we'd like to get back to training fifty winners a year. That's very much the target, to get back to that level as a first step on the rebuilding front. Fry's Stables, not far from Yeovil, bang in the middle of green Dorset countryside, was an old farm that was bulldozed and renovated from top to bottom. He said, we're starting off this year without any builders under our feet, and everything is finished. This time last year, the outdoor school was still being completed, while everything was new, so it was trial and error to a degree. But we've been able to tweak things, and we've learned an awful lot even just with the day-to-day running of the yard and getting to grips with that i went to see a flat trainer in may who'd built a new yard and it said it took him three years to get to grips with it we've got a purpose-built yard with tall american style barns and lots of natural light and ventilation we've had a chance to find our feet and put enough pressure on ourselves but we do feel it's a season we need to deliver that's for sure Tolworth Ace Metier, who is being aimed at the Coral Welsh Grand National and could develop into a contender for the Randox Grand National, Punchestown Town Festival winning mayor Pure Bliss and the luckless Bootil are among the names who could create headlines for Fry. Sean Bowen, Johnny Burke, Daryl Jacob, Nick Schofield, Brian Carver, and conditional Lorcan Murtar are other riders the trainer is set to call on. He said, We've got 65 horses and we've capacity for 80. Fry added, we are also looking to reinvest and replace but it's about finding the right ones and not filling boxes for the sake of it. We've got some really nice horses to look forward to and 20 of those are unraced and include some nicely bred individuals so hopefully there's a potential star among them. Three to watch, Metier. He'll stay over hurdles and we're thinking of starting him in the great wood and see how we progress from there. He was our first Grade 1 winner from the new yard in the Tollworth and had a good first season over hurdles. But it wasn't his true running in the Supreme at Cheltenham. He had an inflamed arytenoid cartilage, which makes up part of the larynx and he couldn't breathe, basically. That explains his below-par performance at the festival, but he's made a full recovery. He was seen to best effect on slow ground last winter and we hope he can progress as a second season hurdler and it will be interesting to see him on slightly better ground at some point. Then there's Ask Me Early. Fry said, I had the Midlands National in mind for him last season but he didn't run his race at Sandown the time before. Even going to post he wasn't right and he never jumped or travelled. We were able to diagnose and treat a kissing spine and he bounced back to form in the novice handicap chase at Utoxeter on Midlands National Day as we felt after Sandown we couldn't go for the big one. That was our fourth win in it and Durasha Counter also won it and went on to win the Ladbrooks Trophy while we won it with American, a very fragile but talented horse. The Welsh National is an ideal target for Ask Me Early, who has already won twice at Chepstow, and it's possible he'll have an entry in the Ladbrokes Trophy or the Welsh National Trial the following weekend. Both races are after the weights for the Welsh National are published. He's exciting, and there's also entry later on. And last but not least, there's Boothill. For I said last year he had a splint flare up after his win at Taunton and it settled down initially, but then it flared up again and it was just unfortunate timing. He was back in full work by March and April, but the season and its main events were over. He's fully recovered and deserves a bit of luck because his two runs have been impressive. Our focus is very much on chasing, it always has been, so hopefully he can make up for lost time. And our next story up from the racing media. There was drama even before the stalls opened on the first of the day's three trials. The pre when Bolshoi Ballet was scratched by the Longchamp stewards for an irregularity with the vaccination record in his passport. Although the son of Galileo is currently correctly vaccinated against equine influenza, he had been allowed to go just past the six-month limit when given his most recent shot on May 18th, a date which crucially falls after long trial renewals came into force on May 5th. Speaking at the Courage, O'Brien said there were 182 days between two of his vaccinations when they said there should be 180 He added, he is after racing everywhere all over the world and his passport was checked by two of our vets before he went. Seemingly, in some countries there is a four or five days grace rule, if there is that little in it, but that rule isn't in France. We were running him there back at a mile and a half to see if he would be in the arc picture, so it does mess up plans a bit. I don't know what we'll do now, and it could be less likely he will go for the arc. We'll have to go back to the drawing board now. In Bolshoi Ballet's absence, the race was won by Bubble Gift. A Group 2 scorer in the spring, Bubble Gift was cut from 100-1 to 50-1 to to by Paddy Power for the ARC, although Mikel Delzangles did not immediately commit the son of Nathaniel. He said he has the right to run in the ARC, so we'll discuss it with the owners and look at the opposition nearer the time. It's a hard race. He could be stepped up in trip or run abroad. All the options are open. He stays well, but you need to be able to accelerate as well on good ground at Longchamp. Deep Bond knocked over some tall reputations, including the highest-rated horse in France, Skeletti, and Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud winner Broom, as he galloped his rival senseless in a brutal pre-foy. The strapping son of 2013 pre-nil winner Kizuna was halved in price for the arc by Paddy Power and Coral, who both went 20-1 to 1 from 40. Japan has twice gone close in the arc, with staying types who attempted to bludgeon their rivals into submission. With Nakayama Festa just ground down by workforce in 2010, while only the brilliance of Monjou denied El Condor Pasa in our 1999 race for the ages. He is a big horse, but very dynamic and he was able to accelerate in just a few strides, said trainer Ryuji Okubu. The races in Japan tend to be quite fast throughout, and he has to follow the pace. But today he enjoyed putting his own rhythm to the race, and he fought well at the end to hold on. And our final story today, here on the news from the racing media. Mick Fitzgerald has promised Altior will enjoy his retirement when he leaves Nicky Henderson's yard next week after it was announced on Monday the four-time Cheltenham Festival winner had run his last race. Fitzgerald and his wife Chloe will take charge of Altior following Henderson's Ownership Open Day on Sunday with the record-breaking winner given the chance to retrain but being under no pressure on him to perform or do anything should he not want to. It'll be a real honour to have him here, Fitzgerald said. A horse that's done what he's done is a true champion, so to have him around the place is going to be special and a privilege. I've been around to watch him at home and in all of those big races over the years, and the one thing I'll guarantee you is that he'll enjoy his retirement. My wife Chloe will ride him and see how he gets on and what he likes doing. If he gets to the stage where he wants to be doing some show classes, then so be it but there's no pressure on him to perform or do anything. Fitzgerald, a former stable jockey for Henderson, said he was asked to take on Altior by owners Chris and Patricia Pugh and hopes the 11-year-old will continue to be a familiar face in Lambourn and within racing by appearing at Open Days and elsewhere. I've known Chris and Pat for a long time. I rode one of their winners, Arctic Sky, and I think him coming to us came about through my connection to the yard, Fitzgerald said. They knew I had a yard in Lambourne and that it would be a great place for him. My kids ride and they show jump, so there's plenty going on. Although there are no firm plans at all for him, he's coming here to enjoy his retirement and that's what he'll do. I view our role as caretakers. He's Pat and Chris's horse. They'll be coming to see him whenever they want, and I know that Nicky will be along to see him plenty. It'll be a pleasure to share him with everyone, and I hope he continues to be a part of Lambourne life, like he has been all these years, by appearing at the likes of the Open Days and what have you. This has been all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life.
0: From me, Mike Padden, thanks for listening, and join us next time. that was mike padden with all the news from the racing media and now let's find out exactly where we can go racing this weekend well first off there are seven races on the flat at newmarket with a one o'clock start Uh, there are also seven races on the flat at newbury with a 110 start Seven races over the jumps at navan in Ireland one hundred fifteen start. Eight races on the flat at Ayr one hundred twenty start. Seven races on the flat at Gowran Park in Ireland a one hundred thirty five start. Seven races on the flat at catterick two hundred twenty five start. Seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the All Weather uh, with a five thirty start and also racing in Australia at Randwick and Caulfield. As well, just at three meetings on Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Listole in Ireland with a one thirty start, seven races under flat at Hamilton in Scotland one forty five start, and seven races over the jumps at Plumpton with a two ten start. Now, regular listeners to the racing show will know that we often have on uh, the sport and life Simon Holt, who uh, gives us previews of the forthcoming race meetings that are coming on. But uh, this week I managed to sit down with Simon and we had a, a long chat about his career as a race commentator and here's a little bit of an extract from it
2: I mean the horse that really got me interested in racing I think it hooked me completely was Red Run mm. back in 1973 when in that marvellous Grand National still possibly the best race I've ever seen where he wore down the uh, wobbling crisp on the run in you know and it was just such a dramatic race I think that was the one that really hooked me.
0: I'm beginning to think you're getting a bit psychic actually Simon because one of the next few questions I've got was to ask you the best horse, the best jockey, the best trader and you've just answered one of those I'm assuming if I asked you what was your, your your favorite the best horse you ever um commentated on it would be red rum
2: well he was the greatest influence on me and i just think that his record at Aintree over those fences and they were formidable fences yeah at his during his career much more so than now i went to um commentate at Beechers brook uh, in april on the national and i was well, Beechersbrook is is nothing, it's not the fence it was at all, there's no no drop on the landing, so I understand the reasons for it, Uh, times have changed, but the course in Red Run's day was, it took a a huge amount of jumping, and and his record to win three times and finish second twice, and he would have come back for a sixth grand national, but for a late injury, I think he was just a remarkable horse, and uh, his... His record, I think, could well stand forever. Mm-hmm. I know Tiger Roll has come close, uh, and if he'd been allowed to have another go at it, um, you know, he could have he could have emulated Red Rum's number of victories. But uh, the race has changed, and it doesn't. The course doesn't take so much jumping as it used to. And I just think uh, Red Rum's achievements in the whole history of the Grand National and actually in jumps racing tower over so many other. Horses, uh, albeit admirable achievements as well. So, so yeah, Red Run was um, certainly the biggest influence, and there's been lots of favourite horses since um, Frankel, obviously on the flat. He was just marvellous, and Corto Star, them in that marvellous era, era with Paul Nichols having all those good horses, and um, and also Best Mate. Um, he was probably. Uh, Best mate's third Gold Cup was probably the most important race I commentated on mm. uh, in my first two or three years with Channel Four.
0: But listen to you there—you you very much—you mentioned one flat horse, Frankel but all the rest mm. were jumpers. So one would <laughs> de- deduce from that that jumping is more your game than flat racing is.
2: Uh, I would say that um, it uh, is more emotive. I do get—I um, think it's really a, a, just because the jumpers hang around, don't they? You know, yeah. they're back in every season and you do get uh, very attached to them and it's just so sad when on the flat you like a horse and it disappears. See the Stars for example, a terrific racehorse but retired at the end of his three year old campaign what a shame you know Um, he could have run as a four year old giving weight for age to younger horses Uh, there there have been, I mean Shergar was a very influential horse for me, it's the first derby I ever went to in 1981 and uh, just couldn't believe how well he one and, uh, and Dancing Brave was another amazing horse a yeah. real big favourite and I was very lucky in those days uh, to live down in the south and um, we we followed his career and I, I paid several visits to Guy Harwood's yard and interviewed him for the Sporting Life and uh, that was a memorable season when he came back from his Derby defeat to win the King George and then that quite amazing performance in the in the Art of Triumph where I thought that Pat Headry probably got himself into trouble, but the horse just sprinted down the outside, produced a, uh, an extraordinary turn of foot to go and win, and it was a very good arc too. So, Dancing bro So there are flat horses. Mm, mm. Um, I was a big fan of Kingman, and I think I've already mentioned Frankel, which yeah, you know you yeah. couldn't really fail to admire that horse. Fourteen wins from I fourteen think, stars, It was just brilliant.
0: I think when you look at old Derby reruns and stuff, which I've had to do sometimes for. Ending up on the racing show. Um, Shergar's performance, uh, I can't remember which one it was the year, but I mean, it was just phenomenal the way he just pulled away and absolutely pulverized them. And, you know, what a horse that was, and and what a tragic end
2: it certainly was tragic wasn't it the, mm. the the second part of his racing life but uh, at that time on that day in early june in 1981 he was just so far ahead of his contemporaries yeah. and it was extraordinary wasn't it and uh, i still remember the the commentary of peter bromley on the radio How he said you know you needed a telescope to see the rest
0: yeah, yeah.
2: it was it was amazing and uh it was one of the widest. I think it's still the widest margin winner. He is the widest margin winner of the Derby. And this year we had a very wide margin winner of the Oak Snowfall who mm. eclipsed, I think, the previous record by Sun Princess. But it doesn't happen very often. But there is a time, I think, or every every now and again in the, in with 3 year that you just get one that is well ahead of the others yeah and Shergar was certainly way not be superior at that stage of his career
0: well let's move on to jockeys and you must have seen you know thousands of jockeys um all the top ones i'm assu- i'm assuming who would you say was the best jockey you've ever seen
2: well the best jump jockey uh, for me well i worked with him for many years and that was john frankham yeah i i've never seen anyone look more comfortable on a horse or over our fence than John and, uh, it was just beautiful to watch. I remember years ago, he rode a horse called Uncle Bing, and I think it won the, the Toffin Trophy over the big fences at Aintree, and it was just absolutely unbelievable. You know, horse and rider in perfect harmony. And he was so still over a fence, presented a horse so beautifully to a fence, but he was just a brilliant horseman. I mean, he started off show jumping and uh, became a jockey, but he, you know, he still uh, really was just a superb horseman, and he's the best, I think, I've seen over jumps on the flat my favourite growing up was and I think for many was Leicester yeah. um, Lester Piggott. As time's gone on, I've perhaps learned a bit more and perhaps he's a little bit less admirable than perhaps I felt about him at the time when I was young and influential. Influenced, rather. Um, And uh, he he just seemed to be um, you know, in a class of his own. There were some great jockeys around when I was following racing early on. I was a big fan of Joe Mercer, who was another great stylist. Willie Carson was a a brilliant jockey as well, Pat Henry. But uh, I think Lester stood out and of course come Derby Day, we're talking about the Derby again everyone wanted to know what Leicester was going to ride, you know he, yeah. he had this knack of getting on the right horse and he was quite ruthless about it as well, so he was a, a extraordinary character but blessed with, uh, well, unusual natural ability I, I would say and uh, he, he was one of those jockeys that hit, uh, it could just make he could just make the difference mm. not many jockeys I think you could say that about. Uh, I've always subscribed to the idea that it's sort of 90% horse, 10% jockey. Some trainers would say, well, the jockey can only... Uh, cock it up, but um, some jockeys can make the difference, you know, Mm. through their tactical uh, shrewdness um, and their power in the saddle. Of course, Leicester would struggle these days because he was very dependent on the whip at times, and uh, there were one or two finishes that he rode, notably on the minstrel in the derby, that um, would not pass the sensor these days, and uh, would end up with him getting a a very long suspension.
0: There we go, that was uh, Simon Holt talking to me on our In Conversation show. If you want to hear the rest of the show, Check out uh, Three Valleys Radio Next Wednesday night At 8 o'clock And you should be able To hear it Well it's time to catch up With our regular guests On the show now And we're going to start With uh, our jockey friend Nick Schofield Well afternoon Nick Thanks for joining us um, Slightly quiet time For you But you've got four rides Lined up at Newt Dammit So um, what do we, we Fancy our chances On those
3: Yeah no, um, look It's <clears throat> just uh, Quiet on the race In front of busy On the Morning front at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I rode uh, Thursday and Wednesday. I think I rode ten horses one day and twelve the next. Just yeah. getting on and off horses and um, getting a feel for them for the winter. And they're all eager to run now. It's um, the time ticking, and we could do some more rain really to to allow some more jump jump meetings to go yeah. ahead. So. Um, but, yeah, no, four rides tomorrow. The second one, my second ride looks the best one, Joey still. I've won a couple on him before. Um, it, there's only four runners, but um, it could be difficult enough to get a winner tomorrow, but we'll try our best. And I think we're down at Plumpton, uh, which is down at Brighton, yeah. um, on, on Sunday for a few more. So, um yeah when there is racing we're busy so um can't complain
0: no absolutely and i mean you know the going is obviously having a big bearing on on you know success of horses um you know just how much of a difference does it make to a horse
3: Um, more so on the jumps they prefer it um softer conditions just to jump out of it's a winter sport primarily you have less injuries and it's kind of for horses and no it's not every horse's cup of tea and some horses prefer better ground and that's why you have racing in the summer but um, it, uh, national hunt racing is predominantly in the winter so um, you know the flat's been doing its stuff and um, but that's coming to an end now and uh, some seasons pulling through you can beginning um, early October all being well.
0: Um, a little spite Toby, you were up at Harry Fry's opening day last Sunday um, you obviously saw all his his string up there any, any exciting prospects up there?
3: yeah we share the same sponsor me and harry i've rode through for, for many years um yeah he always has some nice horses to go to war with i think i've got a ride for him on sunday um get back get back and um yeah we yeah he's he, obviously he's in his new yard now and um it's exciting times for him and like a lot of the trainers um everyone's excited to, to, run, their, to run their horses now
0: yeah yeah absolutely so what was that and uh, you have got a busy time coming up there really haven't you
3: yeah uh, to be honest i'm quite busy at the moment ADA, if i'm mm. honest with you um it's almost busy it's quite hard work in the mornings and then um, but you've got to put the craft to get to know all the horses before you get to the track and yeah trying to get around as many as possible and um you know get to know them before we get to business you know
0: yeah absolutely well look best of luck for your your forthcoming rides. thanks for talking to us again on the show and marking our card which was the best one again you said
3: I think my second ride,
0: Joey Still for Christian Williams. Um, right. You know, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful more than confident. Mm. <laughs> okay, well let's uh, let's hope your your um, hope is is uh, rewarded with a winner. So take it easy, and we'll speak to you again next week, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, Th- thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Nick. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield. Looking forward to a busy weekend at Newton Abbott and Plumpton. Well, now from jockey to trainer, we're going to catch up with Rod and down at Colynton. Well, good afternoon, Rod. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, you, you horses have travelled a long way today up to Pontifrat. Um, How did they get on?
4: Well, no winners, but we had a second, and it was a big race, so she won 7500 per second, Yeah. and the other filly was fifth. She, she won a £1,000 per fifth, so um, it was the feature race of the day, and um, both fillies have run very well, but um, didn't quite win. But uh, it's well worth going to Pontefract for that sort of money
0: it long long distance traveling does it present many problems logistically or is it a relatively straightforward operation i mean i know you've got your own lorries and that but
4: well the trouble is with the holiday traffic we have to leave really early and it's funny if you leave early you get up we shot up there in about four hours yeah but if you'd waited um until later in the morning it could have taken six you know <laughs> so um, we always leave quite early and the house is up to any time when they get there yeah but um Obviously, the longer they're in the horse box, the more uh tired it is for the horses, yeah. but um you know you've just got to go. I mean, my horse is used to travelling, yeah, um, if you were a trainer, if you were a trainer in Newmarket and you ran at Newmarket four times, and then you ran somewhere else, your horse would probably fret all the way there and back, you know, mm. but my horse is used to travelling, which is good, you know, but um that is one disadvantage of being in the West country when you're a flat trainer.
0: Yes, absolutely. Because flats is, is all national one down this way, really, isn't it? That's the thing. And Sors- that's right. Yes. Salisbury yeah, being absolutely. the closest, yeah, I it. suppose. Flat, flat track or bath.
4: Yes, yes, it is.
0: Yeah.
4: That's right. Yeah. But um, um, you know, that's what that's what the stable is, and we, have you know, the horses get used to it. I mean, like I say, we've had thirty-four winners this year, and um, this today's put us over the two hundred thousand pound prize money. So it's a good day today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. know I mean, you have had a, a brilliant season. I think. I mean. Certainly my pockets are better off thanks to you. <laughs> um Well so,
4: you know, we had a good day last week with April Gain winning, you know? Yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah. Um you got three tomorrow at uh, Kempton. Uh, Kempton. what, what, what chances we, have they got?
4: Well, they're all low class races, but they've all got a all got a good chance. I mean Twister uh, twist line, she got stuck in the mud at Septo Chep- last week, but before that she was only being a short headed. Brighton. Uh, this would be a similar class race. There's some quite expensive horses in the race, though they've shown no form. Yeah. So some of them may well improve for their handicap debuts. But um, she's a small filly, very tough, um, and I expect her to run a good race. Um, we've got
0: Pride of Horridge and
4: uh, Mountain Ash. He's a well, Mountain Ash. He's a great big horse, uh, yeah. a bit weak yet, but he, he's had a win in a second this year, and he's favourite. I think Holly Doyle rides that one.
0: All right. Yeah. And
4: then we've got. Um tried a Horridge, he was quite an expensive horse. Um he's quite a highly strong horse, and I'm hoping that as he races he'll you'll become better behaved. Mm. But um he's got he's got a good chance as well. So all three have got chances of uh, being close. each way chances I'd say, you know.
0: And then looking to next week, uh, Rod, you've got uh, one two at two well one at leicester one at wolverton i mean i don't know if these are going or not but uh and then uh goodwood one at goodwood one at canton took well
4: we we've only got 35 horses in training and we will probably have 270 runners this year you know so yeah. we do run the horses whereas a lot of people don't they tend to sort of worry about their percentages you know mm. my prime example today we've run two in a 30000 pound race for so the yeah. six runners Same two ran in a similar race fortnight ago and got second and third and picked up ten thousand. You know there are hundreds of fillies who run in this race and trainers just haven't got them in. Because I think what's happened in England, there are too many horses in a handful of yards. Mm. I mean, you take this—I could name four trainers who've got two hundred and fifty horses each. Yeah. Well, that's a thousand horses, you know. Yeah. And they—they just don't. Those horses just don't get a Horses in those yards never get out, and you know you have to wait for a slot because they don't like running more than one in a race. Yeah. So I find it hard enough to keep my thirty-five apart. <laughs> so um, you know, so that's the reason why these horses don't run. I mean, I should think the average run in in one of those yards is about two a year. <laughs>
0: well, that's- that to me seems as a potential owner a pointless exercise because you want you know you want to, you want to go to the races on a regular basis and see your horse run even if he doesn't win
4: yeah well you know I would have said so myself but um, you know there's there's not just me there's lots of good trainers around who've only got sort of 30 or 40 horses yeah. and what's happened in the fashion it's like everybody wants to go and play for Manchester United Chelsea and Liverpool yeah and they wonder why they don't get a game
0: yeah yeah quite quite yeah, yeah. Um,
4: yeah. And unfortunately, the owners pay pay to pay exorbitant fees to be in these stables, not yeah. um, not get paid for being there.
0: Well, I suppose there's a certain amount of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? kudos if you say you, you you're with uh, yes, there John be. Gosden there or something be, yeah.
4: like you know. But um, I, I think there would be. But um, oh, I mean, nobody's a best John Gosden's best trainer in the world. You know, brilliant mm. trainer, but he would have a lot of horses in his yard that wouldn't see the racetrack.
0: Mm. Which to me is to say pointless exercise.
4: But, you know. Well, they've they, they they wouldn't you know they they've got other horses to run and they probably you know they're waiting for horses to get a chance chance yeah. to put an entry in you know.
0: So, so so looking further afield then I mean at the moment you, you, you've got a lot of horses entered right through to next Saturday. Would you say all or most of those are likely to run? Do you think?
4: Uh, most of, some of them are double entered. Yeah, they'll all yeah. run if,
0: if they get in. They'll all run, I should think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, that's that's good to see. Well, we can keep our eyes open for them anyway. So that's good. Right then, Rod. Well, thank you very much for that. Okay. Um, I'm pleasure.
4: Pleasure.
0: I'm glad you had a at least a second and a good prize money. So that's worth doing this afternoon. Yeah. Um, and uh, okay. we'll talk talk to you next week. Okay.
4: OK, lovely.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Rod. See you soon, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye. bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was uh, Columpton trainer Rod Millman, and now it's time to catch up with Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Well, hi, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, did you spot the mistake that the Press, uh, press Association made last week?
5: Um, oh God! Rem- remind me on that one. There.
0: Well, they had uh, they had one of your horses um, winning a, a one mile six furlong race, which which you know clearly that's a flat race, and you don't do flat racing.
5: <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, we, we, we you're right. We don't have we don't have many flat runners at all. But um, we did have a flat runner, and thankfully had a flat winner.
0: Absolutely, and you've got another flat runner I see as well lined up.
5: Well, I, I I decided, obviously, flat racing is far easier than jump training, and uh, I thought I'd I have, I have a couple on the flat.
0: <laughs> well, fair enough, then. And as you say, you had a winner, so that's a good start to your flat racing career, then.
5: It's something like that. No, we're, we're certainly not, not deserting jumps just yet, but... Uh, Certainly, it gives us a, another another tool in the armour, as it were.
0: I mean, <coughs> joking aside, are, are you going to run many, or is it just the odd one or two that you you think are, are sort of suitable or need sharpening up or something? Is it, is that the sort of policy? Exactly, just,
5: just exactly, just the odd one or two. Um, no, we're, we're certainly still focusing very much on on jump racing, but just the, the odd one or two might have a spin on the flat.
0: Yeah, and, and you've had a, a, a jump when fairly recent as well, Guinness affair. So that that's all good good as well
5: yeah that's good yeah he um he won really nice actually he um he's 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 run four times now in his life and um he's won three and finished second so um he's uh he's 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 a nice horse and progressing nicely
0: yeah i mean do do, do you see cheltenham at the end of the line or not
5: well i i i I kind of i i think he is a decent horse um and i i i said to the, the the team of owners that um i kind of I, I did think that he might be one for the for the for the great two persian war at chepstow in in october yeah um but the handicap but the handicapper is um has, has been kind enough to give us a a mark of 117 which i think is uh, is quite a lenient kind of mark so yeah. um we might we might forget the great two and go for a handicap somewhere
0: yeah well absolutely but um but but clearly feeding him on guinness all, all week must do some good then
5: <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um so uh, he's he's a he's a lovely he's a very aptly named horse. He's black with a white face.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing I, I love black horses, I have to say, I really do. I think you know when they're in their prime they look so stunning when they're shining and lovely. Yeah,
5: he's um, he's a very good-looking horse.
0: Yeah. Um so what does the weekend hold for you Jamie? Um so we've
5: got uh, I think we'll have we'll have um obviously we've got a couple of runners tomorrow we've got um, dear old Facts of the matter he runs um, down at Newton Abbott in a in a 3 mile 2 handicap chase yeah. um, and then we've got uh, we've got the Rebel Bannockin Rebel running on the flat at Kempton yeah. um, no, no runners on Saturday and then we've got um, the Dutchess Cornwall start Motive runs at Plumpton I think on Sunday
0: Okay, okay. And next week, have you got many lined up, or was it quiet? Uh,
5: there's not a huge amount of racing through September. Um, we'll have a, we'll have a couple of entries, but um, there's not a huge amount of racing through September. But um, uh, it, there's plenty of work going on at home because they'll all be ready to run come come October when there's when there's been a bit of rain as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely good. Okay then, Jamie. Well, thank you very much for that. Well, I thought I had to ch- challenge you on this this flat racing yeah. one. <laughs> that threw me a little yeah. bit. I thought. What one more six? That's cut. that's the what, flat race. <laughs>
5: what, what's going on here? I know it's um dear old tinsmith Smith. He's a he's a lo- he's a lovely horse, but um, he he didn't really take to hurdling. So we thought we better better give him a spin on the flat, and and thankfully he won.
0: So I presume then you'll be running him again on the flat.
5: Yeah, I think I think I, I I'll have a chat with the owners. He's he's uh, he's not a very talented horse. Um, but it does show you that every every horse can win a race. But he's not a very talented horse. So, but um, we all dearly love him. So I don't know. We we might we might call it quits with him now that he's won a race, and um, I'll have a chat with the owner and, and and see see where we go from here. Really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, look. You have a good weekend, and we'll try and catch up with you next week.
5: Looking forward to it. Thanks, Eddie.
0: Thanks, Jamie. Well, that was a rather confused Jamie Snowden up at Lambeau there. He doesn't know whether he's a flat trainer or a jump trainer. But uh, we'll be catching up with him again next week, hopefully, and we can uh, keep an eye on his horses as we go along. And now it's time to meet up with the cheeky chappy. Colin Brown, of course, a man I met last week for the first time for 36 years. Can you believe it? And He hasn't gone over it since. Well, good morning, Colin. Have you got over the shock of uh, meeting up with me after 36 years?
6: It was fantastic. You looked absolutely gorgeous. You oh. really did. Oh. And that, um, that that lovely polo top you had on really showed you off in that bright color. I was absolutely gobsmacked to be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah, I can and, tell. Uh, I can tell. Those,
6: those, the Versace jeans you were wearing, god. I tell you what, I've been trying to find a pair all the week. <laughs> no, you look fantastic. Gucci shoes. Yeah. When you're there watching cricket down in Somerset. Yeah. That's the sort of gear you've got to wear, isn't that?
0: Well, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know. Dedicated follower of fashion and all that.
6: I was impressed. I was impressed. And, yeah, we've got plenty of racing. For, it was lovely to see you. We've got plenty of racing on, um, on Saturday. And a good meeting up at Air where we've got the Duneside Cup at uh, 155. Should we crack away there?
0: I say that sounds like a fairly reasonable idea.
6: Fairly reasonable idea. Here we go. The, Wh- I which one are you starting with? Do
0: the, do do... the Doonside Cup? Where's that then? Yeah, that's at
6: 155 at air on the 18th.
0: Oh, I'm on bloody Friday again, damn it. Hang on.
6: Oh, that happens, you see. You just yeah. lag behind.
0: Yeah, 155, Duneside Cup. OK, fire away.
6: OK. The horse I like here is there's a horse that's dropping in class a little bit called you Glen, he's been running in some top class races this uh this year and um he just drops in class a little bit here today and i would say he's got a very good chance of winning um there's a horse in the race though called the flying ginger that uh only a three-year-old but Holly Doyle rides it for Roger fell at one at York last time at the horse called C La Rossa and you know I can see this run in a massive race I think he's a horse that's probably just come good um, in this you know now uh, this Philly is um, and I can see her running a massive race the flying ginger in the same race okay. uh, at a big at a big price uh, right moving on uh, up here at air it's the air silver cup and um a trainer called clive cox has a runner here hector crouch rides it it's called raw scimitar was second to pop mass master ascot the other day it's coming down the handicap a little bit and it looks to me like it could be ready to win fairly soon and um i know it's a competitive race but it's drawn nine right down through the middle there I really think this horse has got a right good each-way chance in what looks a very, very, very hard race. Royal Scimitar in the 230 up there at Air 80.
0: righty hop. We got that one down.
6: I wonder if if Mary's ever been to Air. I must ask. It's quite a long way to go. Yeah, Uh, it is. Maybe she's been up there on holiday over the years. I, I don't know. But uh, I drove there once from Bournemouth and um, got very nearby a place called Dumfries or something and then uh, went to a bookie shop, not to have a bet, just to find out if racing was on. They said, oh, no, it was called off two hours ago. (laughs) So all the way back down to Bournemouth. It was a long drive, I can tell you, in a Mark III Cortina. Um, Right. Those were
0: the the days, Mark III Cortinas.
6: There oh, spoilers wouldn't mean miners with mums. Mm. Um, in this race, Gary Lyons is going very well. He's got a horse called Head Mistress that's won two this year in the 305 air. I think that should win around about three to one. It's quite a good price. And then we got the Air Gold Cup at 340, uh, listeners. And well, what a race this is. Popmaster runs here. So if the horse from the previous race, Raw Scimitar won then Popmaster must have a chance around about 9-1. to one. I mean, it's a right race, to be honest. It really is a very, very difficult race to try and find the winner. But I am going to go for Pop master to win from a horse that's been placed in the race before, Mr Lupton, number six, at around about 28-1. to one. So Popmaster and Mr Lupton up at air in the 4.15. Righty-ho. All sounds dead easy. All sounds dead easy. And to be honest, that is it, air. I'm not, no other interest in air. That is my lot. I'm Mm. going to move down to Newmarket, where Close Brothers, I suppose, asset uh, finance uh, management company, I suppose, you've got quite a few shares with them. Oh, absolutely, Um, yeah. And yeah, they're they're sponsoring all the card at Newmarket. looks really good card there. And, um, Martin Harley rides one for Gosden and the first called uh, Delphinius but um, Richard Allen I think should win it with a horse called uh, Machere. Machere and it was second at Ascot Bouquet the other day, it was a really good run, this horse was a bit green pushed along, uh, slowly away all that sort of thing, picked up and won so Machere I think will win the one o'clock at Newmark- Newmarket
0: Newmarket you hope.
6: Um, right on to the second race at Newmarket looks a bit tough Um, but I think a horse called Mob Adra trained by Roger Varian can win the 130 number 5 Mob Adra his horses are in great form Varian's and I'd be surprised if that was beaten in fact the two horses that I've just mentioned I'd be putting those in a little double and finding them a nice little treble to go with them so remember the two I've given you at Newmarket and then we'll Popper into a little treble somewhere. I think we'll leave um, we'll leave the races at air uh, to do their own thing. So we will just have a little look and see what we can find here at um, at uh, Newmarket. Anyhow, uh, on to the two hundred five looks too damn hot for me, uh, and we'll move to the two hundred forty um, and the two hundred forty races again. Pretty competitive little event, but um, there's a horse trained by Chris Dwyer that could win this race, and it's called World of Windover. Um, it was a winner last time out. That was at Yarmouth, but it won by a net. The form's okay, and um, I can see the horse putting in another big run here. Uh, it's run well at Newmarket already this year. It's called World of Windover. And that's at Newmarket in the 240 race. Um, right, it's the Czarowicz trial tomorrow, so you need something that stays longer than the mother yeah. uh, in law. And in the 315 uh, race, some quite good horses in it, uh, including the old clientele, uh, horses like You're Good, Hockfield, and the Max We Can. Um, I think the Max we can could just go and win. He's a five-year-old, but he's uh, been here before, run some big races before, along with Mancini. I think they're the two to beat, uh, there. But uh, keep an eye on those two at Newmarket that I mentioned just now, and that was also called Mob, uh, Mob, what's it called, Mobadra, uh, in the 130, and in the 205 at Newmarket, um. The, the horse not the 205 the one o'clock should i say at newmarket i'm confused with people now aren't I? A horse called moshe air so the first two races at newmarket my two tips we'll find somewhere to go with them down at newbury adrian because the first race there is at 110 that's where i'll be tomorrow and um on saturday should i say yeah and it's blooming good racing down there at uh, at Newmarket, uh, at Newbury, it really is, and at Newmarket. And some really, really good horses turning up here, um, which uh, will be always, you know, really interesting uh, racing. Right, at Newbury, let's try and find something to go with uh, my selections at Newmarket. First two races, I'm going to just push to one side, it's just some of those sort of competitive races where anything could win, you know? It's going to be quite competitive in the betting. Any of them could win. But the uh the Dubai International Airport World Trophy Group 3 race, is at 2.15. And this is a race that I quite like. John, There's a horse that I've been following this year called Kadeem Runs here that... Old Clive Coter's "Tis Marvelous" has really hit form recently, won at Haskett, then it won up at Beverly. I think there's a win again. I think it'll complete the treble, and it's written by Kirby, and um, Tis marvelous. you can join up the new market too and put TIS Marvelous into the little treble bet that I've given you.
0: Right, we'll give it a go. R-
6: give it a go. And then at Newbury in the 250. Um, Dubai Duty Free. It's the Legacy Cup, formerly an Arc Trial for the Arc to Triumph. This one, uh, only five runners go to post, but I think um, Stouty will win this with a horse called Solid Stone. One last time out, Buick rides it. Alasse, who's been a little bit disappointing in its last run to get beaten, uh, is a course winner. Won't be far away, but I've got a feeling that Solid Stone at uh, a better price, uh, around about six to one, as opposed to odds on could just go and win there. And then the next race, we've got at 325 at Newbury. It's a very competitive handicap. It really is. Um, you've got horses like Sam Cook in it who've just come right. Uh, you've got horses like Further Measure a win last time out. Pivioni from the Andrew Boarding Yard. Um, it really is a pretty smart race. But do you know, what? there's a horse in it that's been winning nicely from Said Sir Wall's yard cord. Moassus, uh, number nine, wouldn't be, the first time on second time on turf, wouldn't be the biggest surprise if this one just went from one, half brother to some pretty nice horses, so that's Moassus, number nine in the 325 at Newbury okay. Right Let's have a look, at the 325 uh, we've looked at the 4 o'clock What um, I like a horse called Gears of Sub. It's got some quite good form, this one, Gears of Sub. And uh, I don't think it'll be far away. It's about five to one. If you look at its form, it hasn't been winning much, but it's won one out of four, should I say. But it's got real good form that um, coincides with some pretty smart animals, and that's the Mill Reef Stakes. Gears of Sub wouldn't be the biggest surprise if that one um, and and other horses in the race maybe they'll look at would be the Goldstone's horse, Dab. But um, it's called Dab but it was um third at Newmarket, second or sixth at uh, at the royal meeting uh, behind berkshire shadow but um, i think a sub can win the norway States stakes tomorrow and mm. that's probably my lot to be perfectly honest listeners i think you've got a little bit of quite good information there for saturday and i think well you know it could be um could be beneficial
0: right well let's hope you're right colin and then we can give you a sub uh, and you can get a new computer
6: Absolutely, that's what we want. My computer's playing up a bit this morning. Anyhow, never mind. Got a rush. Listeners, have a great weekend. And Mary, you have a great weekend. And AD, you have a great weekend as well.
0: I'm going back to bed.
6: <laughs> Don't blame you. Bye.
0: <laughs> Cheers. Well done, mate.
6: Cheers. Sorry about that a little bit.
0: Well, that was Colin Brown in all of a rush and rushing off to Newbury now to do his thing down there. Uh, so now it's time to catch up with a, hopefully, A slightly calmer Dave Wilson Okay well good morning Dave I hope you're in a slightly calmer mood Than Mr Brown was
7: Yeah we're a little bit more relaxed Over here It's uh, nice and calm today We're all uh, ready for everything So uh, yeah, look forward to a nice weekend And a bit of settled weather hopefully
0: Yes, uh, Yes it's forecast though isn't it So you never know
7: yeah, well, as I say, it's the only job you can get wrong every day of a week and still get employed. <laughs> <laughs> Being the <a> weather, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, I suppose you're right. <laughs> you're right, mate. You're uh, there right.
7: You go. Yeah, All right. We're gonna we've got two two bets for the weekend. We're gonna have an each way lucky fifteen, and then we've got uh, uh, two horses that we fancy to win, and we're uh, gonna have a little win double on them too.
0: Okay. We so We'll
7: start with each way lucky fifteen. And we're gonna go up to air for a 305 race to start with and a horse called Halal, Hala Athmani. Hala
0: oh Christ.
7: I think I've it right, got the whole mouthful out in one go. Hello <laughs> ridden by Halla Hala hala Asmani.
0: Af- uh, oh. Who's it ridden by just in case I need to identify it?
7: Kevin Scott's riding it for Kevin Ryan and his owned by Jabber Abdullah. Right, is okay. Blue and white strikers. Uh-huh. It's had one run to date and it won it very, very impressively. It won by five and a half lengths, absolutely quickened up and bolted clear over the field. Uh, it's hard to say what she beat in that race, but the thing that I like is that she's a half sister to Hello User Main and Royal User Main. So both of them are Class 1 group two Group 3-type horses, and obviously, Hello, Usermain's won some, some big uh, six furlong races as well over his, in his timing. He's now a five-year-old, so uh, obviously this one won on its debut over five furlongs, and it's stepping up six furlongs, and as we say, like the half-brothers have won over six furlongs and up to a mile, so I don't think it'll be... Uh, too much issues for it. As I said, it was owned by Jabra a good friend of mine, and uh, going to be uh, ridden by Kevin Stott and trained by Kevin Ryan. It's currently priced up at around 13 to 2. So it's going to be uh, <coughs> one of the legs of our Reachway Lucky 15. All
0: right, uh, you know. There's
7: two options with Lucky 15 William Heels or Sky Bet. Sky better paying an extra couple of places on a couple of races, and William Hill's have got an extra half point on the prices. So uh, this one's thirteen to two with uh, William Hill's or eleven to two with Sky. Four places with William Hill's, five places with Sky. So it's take your pick, whoever you want to have your lucky fifteen with over the weekend. Yeah. So uh, we're going to move down to the second leg of the each-way bet. It's going to be the Air 40, which is the Air Gold Cup. And we like a horse here 5,000 to 1. Going to be ridden by Graham Lee and trained by Andrew Baldin. A very consistent form last year and run uh, two very good horses, Alchemate to three quarters of length. And then it run four and a half lengths behind Marks Basilica, who's probably the best horse racing at present. So uh it certainly has some very good form last year. It had four runs back this year and it's not matched that form, but each one of its races it seems to have stepped up on its form. And uh last time out it got beat three lengths by the race favourite, which is Great Ambassador in this race and was getting two pounds off Great Ambassador that that day and is now getting six pounds off of him. So uh it's got four pounds Less to carry than it did last time when it got beat three lengths and improving as the season's going on. I think it's going to be there, thereabouts. And it's priced up at 25 to 1 with Sky Bet for the first seven places. And uh, William Hills have got it 25 to 1 for the first six places. So uh, it's it seems to be very much overpriced to me considering it's run last time behind the the favourite of the
0: race. So, uh, so it's not 5,000 5, to 1 000. then?
7: No, I wish it was. <laughs> I'd be a lot better off on <laughs> yeah. But it's certainly well, well worth putting into the each way lucky fifteen bet and uh it's one that I'm backing singularly as well, each way with Sky bet to finish finishing the first seven places.
0: So, uh-huh. right. okay. that's
7: two legs of uh Lucky fifteen. Third leg is gonna be in the Newbury two fifteen race, a horse called Moskill, PJ McDonald's taking ride for Ed Bethel. I had one run on good to soft and got beat a neck, and that was to Kingsland, who's re-opposing, and has had four runs on the soft and uh, won two of them and got beat twice. Now, it's had three runs back from a short break, and obviously it's going to get going at once. It's forecast good to, good to soft up at Newbury tomorrow. And last time out, it got beaten by Winter Power quite can quite considerably in the Nunfork but the game was good to firm and as we pointed out all this horse's good runs have been on soft, good to soft and all of that sort of going so it's going to get the coming back at once and uh, two runs back it actually only finished a length behind Winter Power who come out and won the Nunfork and there's only a length behind it so uh, it's priced up at 13-2 with William Hill and 6-1 to, six to one with Sky Bet so uh, that's what you've got on offer for that one at the moment Right so the last leg of each uh, way Lucky 15 is going to be the Newbury 325 and a horse here called King Leon Edas. It's going to be ridden by James Doyle and trained by John Gosden. 7-1 to one with heels at the moment and 13-2 to two with Skybet and they're both paying four places on the race. This fella's had three races today and he absolutely hacked up in the first two of them. The second one, he was—he was, oh, was backed in from about seven to one, into about six to four favourite, and just sluiced up Frankie story on his back, and they moved him up to a Group Three, I think, next time out for his third run, and he, he went wrong in the race. Something. Something he went lame and he, he just uh, didn't get home and it just had just count him up to the winning line now he's had 457 days off and he's come back on good soft going which he seems to like on his first two winning races now i think he'd be a very good bet there at seven to one thirteen to two and he's out of kingman's is his sire and uh his his mum madame is out of a galileo breeding so he's certainly bred in the purple and he's well worth adding to the each way lucky 15 there and uh, previously he had a 228 day break between his first and second runs and he came out and absolutely hacked up in that one as we said earlier but King Leonidas or whatever his name is in uh, Newbury 325 the last leg of the each way back there for us
0: Okay lovely <laughs>
7: Two horses that we're going to have uh, as a a win bet and a win bet and a a win double. Uh, The first one's in the Newbury 250, and that's Al Assay. Going to be ridden by Jim Crowley and trained by William Haggis. He's currently priced up at four to five at the moment with most of the firms. And we think that's tremendous, Eddie. We, we we rated him up here at about four to seven, one to two to win this race. And I think he'd go, would definitely go off a lot shorter than four to five. And William Haggis actually trains two of the runners in this race, and it's only a small field as well. Now this fella started the season out; he, he won two Group Three races very, very easily, and then he's had two runs since. One was in the Coronation Cup, where he got beaten neck by a Pile Driver, which is a Group One race. And then he came out and got beat and neck again by Sir Ron Priestley in the Prince of Rails Group 2. And he's dropping back into a Group 3 for this race, so he should be back to his winning ways again here. He does look Group 1, Group 2 sort of horse, and uh, the majority of his rivals are, are listed and Group 3 type of horses in this race. So, uh, 4 to 5 seems to be very good value at the moment, and as we say, we think that will shorten up considerably.
0: So right. first
7: one of the... Uh, Win bets and then the second one, Newbury 4 o'clock, a horse called Darbab. We uh, backed him last time he ran. Uh, Rap Havlint takes a ride this time for John Gosden. As I say, he's a three runs to date. He won nicely at Leicester on his debut. If any run high in Berkshire Shadow got beat two and a quarter lengths, and then we backed him in the superlative stakes at Newmarket and coming up with a third on the goal, he's furlong to run he, he absolutely looks all over the winner and he just didn't get home in the trip and got beaten on the last 150 yards two horses come past him quite easily and uh he's dropping back to six furlongs again for this race so uh we think we'll see the best of him again and uh at present he's priced up at two to one with majority of the firms and we rate him as today's nap bet so that's why we'll be having a nice big bet on there so uh well, that's what we've got for the weekend, Adrian. A nice little each way, lucky fifteen, and two horses for a win, win singles and a win double. So, hopefully, everyone will be able to go down and raid their bookmakers and uh, give them a wave when they pick the winnings up.
0: So, Excellent. Well, thank you for that, Dave. Um, let's hope so. And uh, very calmly done. Excellent. Just the job.
7: No problems.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. Well, we'll we'll Thanks talk to you mate. next week then. Okay.
7: We'll do. Lovely, Adrian. Cheers, mate.
0: Thank uh, you, Dave. Cheers right well that was dave wilson from harlequin racing and we're more or less at the end of the show but i've got a tip for you as well um william buick had a uh a, a treble yesterday and he's only six now behind Sheen murphy in the jockeys championship And there's not an awful lot of time to go and uh i just think he'll be getting a little bit excited about that prospect and see if he can if he can do it. I mean, obviously, it depends on the horses he's riding, but he's he's nearly £600,000 ahead in terms of prize money, but obviously not in terms of winners. So just a one for you to think about anyway. We'll be it tomorrow. And that's more or less it. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you to all our guests. Ivan Holt, Rod Millman, Nick Schofield, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson. Jamie Snowden. And um, don't forget to join us this time next week, 7 o'clock, Three Valleys Radio. Bye for now.